What an awesome day. Amen? God has been so good. I invite you to turn with me in your copy of the scripture this morning to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua chapter 1. Over the past several weeks, we have been hearing word from the Lord about the need to be courageous. Um, Last week in particular, that stirred my heart again. Last Sunday night, as we were having our time of prayer and our Sunday evening get a Bible study and, and prayer time, the Lord brought me to this passage of Scripture in Joshua chapter 1. It's a very familiar passage for most of us, probably. It's, it talks about this idea of, of courage. Um, I, I know some of you are probably thinking, and he preached the message on courage not too long ago. I did a whole sermon series on courage. That's true. It was the beginning of the summer. Um, but just if you missed any of those, those are available on our website if you want to re- refresh yourself on those. But today I feel like the Lord would have us revisit this subject once again. I believe that we live in a day like today where boldness and strength and courage is going to be needed in great measure as we do our best to serve God. There's a passage of Scripture. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5, and it'll be on the screen for you. It says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Can I tell you, I believe we live in the last days. Um, you, may not, you may have a different opinion of that, but let me just kind of give you a little bit of my mindset behind that. The disciples thought they were living in the last days when they were writing the New Testament. Did you know that? The disciples thought that before they would die, they would see Jesus come. And if it's good enough for them to think they were in the last days, how much more so should we think that we are? How much more should we have the mindset that this is a time when we believe that at any moment the Lord could come back? And so we, we, we pray that way, we think that way, we should be living our lives that way. I believe that those are the days that are mentioned in 2 Timothy here in chapter 3. We're seeing that unfold in greater measure in front of us. So with that, I want us to go to this passage in Joshua chapter 1 because we need boldness and strength and courage. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father, today, I I just feel like this is a message that that you are burning inside of us today. You've been speaking this idea of courage to us for weeks now. And God, I just feel like this morning is a message that you've given me for this hour. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, use me. God, let the word of God shine in our heart. May it be planted deep inside of us. Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can draw us to the Father. You're the only one that draws. And so, God, I pray today, if we're going to be spiritually quickened and spiritually awakened, it's got to be you doing it. So today we open up our heart to you. Whatever you want to do in us is what we want to have happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on this passage of of Scripture as as we look at this idea of courage. The first thing that he says, it's found in verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. There has to be a courage to lead. A courage to lead. Moses had led Israel for 40 plus years. And now Joshua was the ordained successor to Moses. Joshua had always had a close relationship with Moses. He walked, uh, if you'll remember, he walked partway up the mountain when Moses received the Ten Commandments. If you'll also remember, he led the Israelites into battle. There was a, a specific battle that they were fighting, and Joshua was fighting the battle in the valley. And Moses with Aaron and her were on the mountainside holding Moses' hands up. And as long as his hands were up, Joshua was the benefactor of that and was winning the battle. Joshua and Moses are becoming, the Bible says in Joshua 1, that Joshua was Moses' aide. He was his right-hand man. Joshua was also one of the 12 spies that were sent into the land to spy it out the, the first time they came to the edge of the promised land. He was one of two, Caleb being the other, who said, man, we can take this. We can take this. We can do this. Joshua was faithful Joshua had, we uh, typically when we do an event, you can ask some of the people that do events with me. I, I asked for this report. At the end of the event, I asked for this. I asked for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Joshua got, knew what the good, the bad, and the ugly looked like with the Israelites. He had firsthand information of what that was. And now the proclamation comes. He had been Moses' right hand man for years, and now proclamation comes in Joshua chapter 1, and he says, and you've you got to kind of, I, I read this a little differently maybe than most people do. I, I read this as God saying, listen, Moses, my servant, is dead. He's dead. Moses is not coming back. But check out what is said in the next line. It says, now then, you. Now then, you. 
See, Moses was the leader. Moses was the one that the Israelites turned to. But Moses is no longer. So now Joshua has to take this mantle. God has placed this mantle of leadership on him. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you. It's your turn. You're going to step up and lead this. This is a critical time in Israelite history, and the mantle of leadership has fallen to Joshua. They are about to go into the promised land. So God tells Joshua, listen, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. You know, in our society today, we hear all the negativity, don't we? We hear all this stuff. Because, believe me, you don't have to look very hard to find it. Drug abuse is soaring. Violent crime is at an all-time high. There's no respect for authority or anyone for that matter. And basically, we're seeing Paul's warning to Timothy being lived out right in front of us. In greater measure. At a more accelerated rate than at any point in history. And in the middle of that, in the middle of all of the things that are going on around us with this world, we have a decision that is ours to make. Are we going to run and hide, or are we going to be strong and courageous? The Israelites came to the edge of the promised land, and they had a decision to make. Are we going to follow Joshua? Are we going to follow this leader into the promised land, or are we going to be content to stay back here in the wilderness like the generation had before? I believe, I'm going to be right up front with you, I believe that this could be the greatest time ever for the church of Jesus Christ. The day that we live in today could be the greatest time ever in the history of the church. If we would follow and love God with all of our heart, if we would have a love for one another, if we would be bold, strong, and courageous, it could lead us into the greatest time of this church history has ever known. Joshua was called this, to lead this group of Israelites. And I believe that we as the church are called to lead that way today. Lead the way in loving others. Lead the way in giving of ourselves. Lead the way in showing who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our lives. We've been called to lead. To do that takes an investment on our part. See, leadership in God's kingdom is all about servanthood. Jesus said it this way, that the greatest among you will be a servant of all. Last uh, week and continuing into this week in, in youth ministry, they've been talking about, do you want to be a hero? And the thought processes of hero are a little different in the kingdom of God than they are in the kingdom of the world. In the kingdom of God, the greatest among you will be a servant. And, and I want us to talk about these three ideas of, of servanthood. The first one is, is this, it's this basic servanthood. The idea that doing acts of love toward others is an important thing that we do on an everyday basis. That's just being a basic servanthood. Um, in other words, it would be just showing respect and kindness and just doing the basic things of what would be needed to, to just serve other people. Um, what does that look like? Well, it, it might look like if someone's coming into the store, you might hold the door for them instead of shutting it on them. 
It might look like, you know, if, if, if your wife is uh, coming up to the table for dinner, you might pull, pull the chair and, and hold it for her instead of doing this. Basic servanthood, just showing a genuine little small token of love and appreciation and, and acts of service toward other people. That idea of when was the last time that you did something for somebody other than you? Do we love people enough to serve them? That's the concept of basic servanthood. The next one would go into what we would call great servanthood. Jesus said that the greatest among you will be a servant of all. He was talking to the disciples when he said that. See, the world has this triangular pyramid type of thing for success. Have you ever, you've probably seen this in business, you've seen this throughout different phases. You've got to climb the ladder of success to get to the top because once you get to the top, you've arrived, you're the man, you're the best, you're all of that in a bag of chips. But God's design of leadership and God's design of being um, someone who is high, he takes that same triangle and he inverts it like this. And so the greatest among you will be the lowest. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. The one who is willing to put down their own selfish, their own self, their own things that they want in order to serve other people. I mentioned this on Tuesday. It's, it's amazing. Some of you are very familiar with the ministry of Mother Teresa in India. It's, I found this to be amazing. Mother Teresa, before she was this great person who did a lot of wonderful things for people, do you know what she did when she first got started? She cleaned toilets at the hospital and at the leper colony servanthood, willing to serve, to be a follower of Christ. Great service means that everybody is treated equally. God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to everlasting life. The following, the last one is this idea of ultimate servanthood, this idea of laying down your life, the the Bible, Jesus said it this way, no greater love than someone has that he would lay down his life for a friend. You know how much love God has for us? Let me kind of put this in perspective. Jesus said no greater love than anyone has that he would lay down his life for a friend. But the Bible also says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to grasp that because I think sometimes we read over that and we use it as a, a terminology when, when someone you know, is not living for God and we want them to know God loved them. And I think sometimes we just pass over how huge that is, that while we were yet sinners, while we were still angry with God, while we were still rebelling against God, while we still didn't want anything to do with God, while God was the farthest thing from our mind, Jesus died for us. That's how much God loves us that he would be willing to lay down his son's life. The father would be willing to lay down his son's life for you. Ultimate servanthood. And you may be here today and you say, well, pastor, what's that mean for me? Am I going to have to lay down my life? I don't know that. But I do know this. Every one of us has the opportunity to invest our life into someone else. 
I have the opportunity today to make that investment in the life of someone else that would say, listen, I want, I care, I love, I want to serve, I want to be that person in your life that points you toward the, toward the Lord. I want to be the one that makes that investment. I want to lay down my desires and my thoughts to make an investment in your life. Courage to lead. The courage to lead. Be strong and courageous. The second thing I, I see in this passage is this is kind of a, a complete opposite, you might think, but it goes right along with this. It's the courage to follow. The courage to follow. <laughs> How many of you know good leaders have to be good followers? If you want to be a good leader in the kingdom of God, if you want to lead your family, if you want to be the person that God uses to transform your workplace or your school, you have to learn to be a good follower. The good leader is a chief follower. God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous to lead, but notice he also tells him to be strong and very courageous to follow. Very courageous to follow. What's he following? He's following God's word. It was vitally important for Joshua to go God's path and to do it in God's way. We cannot conform our beliefs, our lifestyle to the world's ways of doing things. The weakest link in the body of Christ is the church that goes... that goes against the only true authority and foundation that it has and compromises the Word of God in the name of tolerance, in the name of popularity, or in the name of cultural attractiveness. I'm going to say that again because I stumbled over my words because I think that's important. The weakest link in the body of Christ is the church that goes against the only true authority and foundation that it has and compromises the Word of God in the name of tolerance, in the name of popularity, and in the name of cultural attractiveness. When do... When we do that individually, it weakens the entire body. You may think that I don't play that much of a role. I'm not in that much of a leadership position. But when you circumvent the Word of God and you live your life apart from this book and you're a part of the body of Christ, you are the weakest link. We're not going to tell you goodbye like the show used to, but we want you to be aware of it. Remember that show, that game show? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You're not doing that. But you need to be aware of it. I've got to live my life in accordance with this book. I can't go by what the world says is okay. I can't go just because they said that uh, this particular relationship is, is normal, that it's okay to have a, a relationship with men, with men, and women, with women. That is not a, what the Word of God says. I cannot go that direction. And when we uh, abandon our, our beliefs, when we abandon our true authority, when we abandon our foundation, the ground below us begins to crack and it begins to work against us. And it starts, it doesn't start as the body as a whole, it starts with us individually allowing those things in our personal life to affect in the entire body. 
Paul talked about the importance of the body being together. Have you ever walked in the middle of the night and stepped on a Lego? Man, those things are sharp. They're terrible. Legos are, I think, I don't know if the devil made Legos or not. I'm not sure. But walk through the middle of the night and you step on a Lego. What happens? Oh, my goodness. Your foot just goes into this intense pain. It cries out for Jesus. And it's, it's, it's terrible, and it's awful, and, and you're thinking, oh, how many of you know the rest of your body doesn't say, forget the foot? <laughs> Suck it up. It'll be all right. Doesn't do that, right? When one part of the body is defunct, when one part of the body is weak, the rest of the body comes around it to support it. The same is true when one person is weak in the body and they are allowing themselves to be duped by the devil in their ways of thinking and they're not grounding their life on the word of God. They're not seeking after God. They're not reading their word. They're not spending time in prayer. They're not doing the things that God, those spiritual disciplines that we are starting a series on. Here's a good plug on Wednesday night, doing a great plug on spiritual discipline. Those things that if we're not doing those things, what begins to happen is that foundation and that church body, that whole, it starts to have things that hurt and are weak in it. And when we allow that to happen, we cease to become the church that Jesus died for and we become our own entity, not willing to follow after him. We become to do whatever we want to do, not what he wants us to do. I, this is a sad thing to say, but I've, I've seen churches that have been like that. God's agenda is thrown out the window and we decided to do what we wanted to do. God doesn't bless that. If the children of Israel were going to take the promised land, if they were going to walk where God wanted them to walk, they had to follow God in that. They had to follow his word. They had to follow his, his commands. And we must do the same. And in the day that we live in, you're going to have to have courage to follow the will of God. If we're willing to follow it, we have to be willing to read it to know what it says. We have to be willing to study it to allow it to sink in deep inside of us and change our life. We have to be willing to memorize it and allow it to transform our minds and our way of thinking. Courage to follow. God was very specific with Joshua. He said, listen. You need to have strength and be very courageous to follow this book. You know, I think God knew that there'd be temptation to stray. I think God knew that there'd be temptation to stray away from his word. After all, Aaron was, um, it happened to Aaron. Aaron was uh, the one who, whenever Moses went up, Ten Commandments, he was the one down with the people and what happened? They strayed and built this golden calf. That's, it's, one of the, it's, it's a tragic story, but it's kind of got some humor to it. I encourage you to read it this week. It'd be awesome. Aaron, Moses is down. He's talking with Aaron. What in the world happened? This is my paraphrase. What in the world happened? But this is what the Bible actually says. It says, we put the gold in the pot and poop, out popped this calf. So Joshua was very aware of what it would be to stray from God's commands. It'll take courage to follow God and his word in the days we live in. 
to be loving but uncompromising in God's authority. To do life God's way and to teach life God's way. The final thing today that I want us to talk about is this, this courage to move. Courage to move. I mean, this would have been something for Joshua. He had already been in to spy the land out. He had already been in to check out how good it was. And, for, and now he is, he is 40 years behind that moment. And now he has to be strong and courageous to move forward into the land. How many of you know things change in 40 years? Some of you aren't old enough to, to see this yet, but look in the mirror. Some of you never change. But some things change. I was going through my wardrobe not too long ago, and some things have changed. <laughs> Don't all look the same. Not all the same proportional shapes and sizes. I wonder if Joshua might have thought, man, I, I wonder if, if something's changed in 40 years. I wonder if these nations have grown. I wonder if this has become more fortified. I, I wonder if uh, this, the Israelites will have the same mindset that they had 40 years prior when we get to the edge of the promised land and they're going to say, no way, man, I ain't going in there. I wonder if he thought any of these things. Because if, he'll, if you allow it to, fear will cripple you in moving forward in your walk with Jesus. One thing I want us to understand is courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the willingness to move forward in the face of fear. There's no doubt that there's going to be big, strong, hairy guys in their path. That they would have to stand up and fight. Will they have the courage and the strength to march on? We heard that this morning in a word that the Lord gave us. To march on. They would see fortified cities like Jericho and, and probably wonder, man, I've never encountered anything quite this big before. What would their reaction be? I think God is telling Joshua, listen, this is it. And this is what I promised my people. We are going to move forward. And guess what? You're my guy. You're my guy. Be strong and courageous. You're my leader. You follow me. We're going to move forward. You're my guy. You see, Joshua stood on the precipice of something amazing that would change Israel's history. I believe that we are also on the precipice of something, of a move of God that will change the history of the United States of America. It will change the history of the world as we know it. It will cause great revival. It will cause great people to come to know Christ. We are on the precipice of great things. And the Lord is looking at us as the church and He's saying this, You're my church. You're the guy. You're the one. Will you be willing to step out? Will you be willing to have courage and fight? Will you have courage to move? We stand on the precipice of greatness. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. We have the keys to the kingdom. God has given us everything we need. And now it's up to us to walk and to be strong and to be courageous. To lead. To follow God. And to have faith that God will move and do what He says He'll do. 
Church, we stand on the precipice. I feel this in my heart so much. We stand on the precipice of great things. Do we have the courage to move forward? Do we have the courage to do what God's asked us to do? If you'll read through the book of Joshua, you'll find something very interesting. When, by the time you get to Joshua chapter 12, most of us stop reading Joshua after chapters uh, 6 and 7. After chapter 6, Jericho happens. And we're like, ooh, Jericho. And then Achan sins, and we're like, oh, bad Achan. Shame. And then after Ai is defeated, we kind of like lose interest in Joshua. But can I tell you what happens in chapter 12? There's something that maybe you haven't picked up on. By the time they got to chapter 12, did you know that Joshua, through his willingness to move forward, they had conquered over 31 kingdoms throughout that promised land. They didn't stop at Jericho. They didn't stop at Ai. They were on a mission to do what God had called them to do and to get the promise of what God has given them the promise of. I believe God's promised us great things. God's promised us great things as a church, at Bysville Assembly. God's promised us the idea of we would be a world-changing church. We're going to change our community. We're going to change the, the, the culture, the things around us. We want to do those kind of things. Joshua and the people, they stepped out and they, God moved on their behalf. I believe God wants to use us to see souls saved all around this community and across the world. God's calling us to love. He's calling us to lead. He's calling us to make disciples, to follow hard after Him and His Word. Today, if you call yourself a Christian and you have a relationship with Jesus, there's no backing out of that. <laughs> Sorry. There's no exit door as long as you keep following Him. Jesus gave us the great commission. It's, it's not a great suggestion. It's a great commission. It says, go and make disciples of all nations. It's not a suggestion. Well, if you got some time, if you feel like it, if you're skilled, man, if you can talk, if you have all the things that people, if you're an attractive person and people are drawn to you, no, it's not the way it works. It's the Great Commission, and if all of us follow Jesus, then there's no backing out of that. So with that in mind, today, as we close this service in prayer, I want us to pray for one another. You see, I understand this dynamic that not all of you feel comfortable coming to the altar. I get that. I do. But this is a message that is not just for a few people. This is for all of us. We as the body of Christ have got to not back, we can't keep backing down to the world. We've got to have courage to stand and lead. We've got to lead the way. We've got to move forward. We've got to see God do amazing things among us. And that's not just a few people that does that. That's the body of Christ. That's the Lego walking foot. The pinky finger, that's all of us working together. That's all of us together. This is not just a one or two people kind of deal. This is everybody. And so today as we have our time of prayer, we're going to 
I'm going to have you stand here in just a minute, and we're going to get in, in small little groups like we did last week at, at the end of worship. And I'm going to encourage you to be prayerful in those groups. That God will give you courage. Pray for courage and strength to, to lead, to follow his word, and to move forward. Hallelujah. Would you stand this morning? Before we do that, before we move into that situation, would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? You say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've fallen away from God, or maybe today you don't even know who we've been talking about, the Lord, and, and you're just not where you need to be in your relationship with Him. Before we huddle together and we pray for one another in that way of courage and strength. Today, this is the time for you to come back and start this journey with the Lord. This is the time for you to get connected in the body of Christ. And so this morning, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand right now where you're at? We want to pray for you today. Pastor, that's me. Yeah. Thank you. Pastor, that's me. Yeah. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, sorry for my sins. I repent before you today. Thank you for loving me, for giving your life for me. Today I renounce all of my sinful things and I come to make a decision that I'm going to follow you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to get in those little huddles Find some folks around you and begin to pray. If you raised your hand and you made that commitment to the Lord today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell the people that are in your huddle. Oh, what's that? Come on, have some courage. Tell the people that are in your huddle, I've decided to follow Jesus today. The Bible says that we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God applied the blood of the Lamb on your life whenever he forgave you of your sin. And now the word of your testimony just pounds him in the ground a little harder. I want to pound him as hard as I can. Amen. And so this morning, here's what I want us to do. I want you to get in little huddles. I'm going to close in prayer here in just a minute. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray for one another. I want you to pray for courage, courage and strength, courage to lead, courage to follow the word of God, and courage to move forward. Not only for, for you individually, but for your huddle, for your families, and for our church. Amen. So can we do that today? Can you move in that way today? Go ahead and move. Find some group to pray with this morning. 